Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the corner where the treats is is this the the passing of the torch, right? Is this what this signifies? It comes down to that that front office and what they feel is most important. The champ is here. We've touched down from a higher plane. Why you made it here? We always look forward to that week because it was always intense. You know that we ain't coming back. We got to the man, the myth, the legend, Dante Hall. My 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 favorite player growing up was Dante Hall. I love you guys and show, but Dante was my guy. Get to dashing because you done on the war feet. This episode of Chief Concerns is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Hey there, Marcus Dash here from Chief Concerns. Just want to comment and say BetOnline is your number one source for all your sports betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for football, baseball, boxing, golf, and much more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Chief Concerns. I'm Marcus Dash here with legendary Chiefs tight end Jason Dunn coming at you at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, a little bit later than we usually do at our, our usual show, but it's the offseason, so we're mixing things up a little bit, but we hope everyone's doing well tonight and uh, joining us on this uh, beautiful offseason live stream on Chief Concerns Channel. JD, how you doing, brother? What's going on, man? What's going on? Some things are spicing up a little bit around the uh, Chiefs Kingdom, in it? Spicing up a little bit. I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. But I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Uh, you know, beautiful Wednesday. I, you know what? I like these evening conversations and talk, man. This is kind of like my 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 time. Everybody calls me a vampire because I stay up late at night. This is my hours of operation even more than anything else, man. So <laughs> I'm bright and ready, man. Let's go. Let's get into some of this action that we're talking about out here, man, in Kansas City. How you doing? How you been? How's everything going? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm seeing comments in here. Martin Moore, nice haircut. Yeah, I got a haircut since our last show on Monday. Uh, I I cut it. I, I left it growing throughout the playoffs. I call it my, my playoff uh, do, J.D. I, I got the haircut about a week before my birthday, so it was like last week of November. My uh, my hair, my my barber, she went to Vietnam for uh, two months, so uh, I and I'm very loyal to, to, my, to my woman, my, my woman, Hannah. Uh, and she, um, yeah, she was gone for two months, so I had to wait it out. So, you know, I, I left it during the playoffs, you know, it was obviously good luck. And then I uh, got a cut uh, Tuesday. She got back over the weekend. And so Tuesday got my hair cut. Feeling pretty good, man. Loving the news that we're hearing. Uh, maybe Chris Jones coming, uh, coming back soon. Uh, Jerry Sneed stuff still uh, up in the air, but, uh, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's getting down to grind time. Um, lovely year, lovely part of the year, you know, and, and I love, we talked about this before, but the fact that we continue to make deep playoff runs to go to the Super Bowl go to the, um, you know, uh, AC championship game every year. Our off season is so short for us. Like the, the, the dead period of having to watch other teams. We don't even, we don't do that. We like win the Super Bowl. We have a week of celebration and then we're, we're right to it. The combine week the next week. So it's like, there's no, there's really no dead period for, for the, the chiefs world, which is amazing. Yeah. I, I, you could look at it either one or two ways, right? Either it's like, Oh my gosh, we don't really have a break and we got to get right back into it or two. It's like, Hey, you know what? I love, 
these long seasons because that means we're doing something great, right? We went in the Super Bowl. I wouldn't want it any other way. And I think for the coaches, um, you know, when they go through the combine and they'll they'll do that, talk to all the guys, all the all the teams will come and congratulate them when they come into the restaurant. So this is how it happens up in the, in uh, you know in Indianapolis when they're doing the the combine. They'll come in, chest sticking out, coming into the restaurant, and everybody's watching. They watching the you know big <laughs> cock of the town coming in, right, strutting their 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 chest out. Okay, the championship, and everybody knows it. Okay, and the only thing people can do is sit there and enjoy it. Just soak it in. That's all you can do is sit in and, and take it all in, man. That's all you can do. You know, congratulate them. Uh, don't hate on them uh, because you know these guys are gonna get right back into it and get ready for another championship. We're looking for a three P. This is what we're doing, and so some of these things we're gonna be talking about tonight is leading up to hey, are we doing the right moves? Are we doing the right things? What are we thinking about uh, as far as like this road going toward this three-peat, right? And so uh, I'm excited, man, to get into tonight's show. I really am. I really am. All the people that's in the chat right now, I'm seeing them. What's going on, everybody? What up? What up, G-Pick? What's going on? Martin Moore? What's happening? Wendy. Wendy's back. How you doing, Wendy? Always whole, good seeing you. The whole gang is here. gang is here, man. <laughs> And JD, actually, uh, I'm on the Brown actually makes a, a pretty good thing. I didn't have this in, in our show and our rundown tonight. Uh, but what are your quick thoughts on uh, the NFLPA's rank of the Chiefs facilities? <laughs> I, I will. Okay. So I, I'm going to definitely talk about it. And this is what I said. I uh, When I was playing, Chiefs facilities was a little bit more nostalgia. And I think that's what it gives. It gives that air of, you know, having uh, this football world environment that a lot of people just don't have. I'm thinking of other places that may have something like this. And the only one I could come to my mind is Green Bay. That's the only one I could think of, like, you know, the, the history, uh, the experiences that the fans have. Uh, that can really hang the hat up on it, right? That hasn't really had too much to the stadium. Now, they've made some changes, some updates to it, but some of the ranks that they've said, um, you know, I do believe that the Chiefs need to update the facilities, no doubt about it. Uh, it's better than what it has been. I I just know sometimes when guys are comparing two different ways, okay? Uh, they're comparing from where they came from in college as we know, there's a lot of money thrown into football facilities and organizations in college, all right, that I've been to places that will blow NFL teams out the water, uh, the things that they have, their locker room, all the things they have around it. Like, they don't have to leave at all. They got everything there. I'm talking about everything. Um, or the other comparison is, well, we see so far, and then, of course, we see the Raiders get a new stadium themselves. So that's another thing that the guys got to compare it to. So we're doing a comparison. I'm just like, okay, what do I think about our facilities as compared to everybody else's? What I think just in itself. So I'm sure there were some ratings that guys were like, look, there's things that could be updated. Uh, that's I, I, I don't I don't think anything's wrong with that at all. I think it's guys expect if you're winning championships to have championship facilities. That's what they want. Uh, I think Clark and those guys have done a pretty good job trying to keep up what they can uh, with what they need to do. Now, 
obviously they've been talking about getting better. We see some, at least some sketches or blueprint about them changing some things up, uh, maybe making some more sweets uh, on the on the field, which a lot of people are not happy with. I, I, I think I talked to somebody uh, on Twitter was like, hey, man, I'd I love to hear about what you have to say tonight because we can get into like just a just recourse of what are you going to do with those seats, those people that's been here for 40 years, 35 years, whatever, season ticket holders, and you're taking away those seats, right? I think the only recourse, well, we'll get into that later. But let me continue on what we were just talking about, the facilities and training staff, nutritionists, and all those different things. Uh, it's only there for the guys to know. So I don't know what, what as far as like how they have the chefs and whatnot. I know um, when we were there, you know, we had guys that would cook, you know, and, and have meals, very tasty. Uh, but if you're used to a five-star, okay, that some of these kids are coming from college, like a five-star restaurant, a la carte, that's what they expect in the NFL. And it may be disappointing to them because they're like, hey, man, wait a minute. I'm coming from Alabama, Oregon, and, you know, we don't have we don't have this here at the Chiefs. <laughs> well, guess what, man? You're a grown man. You can go get whatever you need to get. You got plenty of money to go buy it yourself, okay? College was providing it for you because, you know, you weren't really making that much money. Now this thing, the landscape's changed a little bit now, obviously, with the NIL and guys getting paid. Uh, it's a little bit different. But I think sometimes they think, like, look, when you come to work, you come to work. You're not coming here to get, you know, all the amenities that you think that you should. Now, it's great to have these things, but sometimes guys are very particular about, you know, maybe who they're touching their body as far as, like, with a massage, or who's working on them as far as maybe strength coach, maybe their, their workouts. Uh, they're going to do all that during offseason. But I do think that there's validity here in what's being said. Now, I don't know as far as like FDs and all of that that was coming up. I'm not sure about that. Uh, but that's for guys to to make a decision. I, I was talking to my nephew, Chad, because me and Chad always talk about, you know, mm -hmm. I came in, when I came in the league, I had Vet Stadium in Philadelphia. Veteran Stadium. Now, if y'all know anything about Veteran Stadium, okay, I'm, I'm going to put you on to something. Veteran Stadium was known for just uh, rundown facilities, holes and 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 peak holes everywhere through locker rooms, cheerleading rooms. It was notorious for those things. Uh, running on the field was turf, but it was like running on concrete. There was a wide receiver from the Bears, I can't think of his name right now, who was running down the field of Vet Stadium and blew out both knees, both ACLs. Nobody hit him. He was just running on the field. Jeez. They used to have the pitcher's mound. They used to sit up maybe three inches off the in, in the in the in the field. Wow. And it was crazy because everybody would just trip on it. So this is what we would have back in those days, man, in those facilities of Vest Stadium. That's why they imploded it. They imploded it because on national TV, I think it was the Army and Navy game, the front row of people that was there fell on the ground. They literally fell out of the state at the stadium at the stands onto the ground. Watch well, that at FedEx Field like two years ago. Oh man! It well, <laughs> Vet Stadium would have been through everything. And historic site, guy love for what it was, but that place needed to go. It was just being held up by two picks and probably uh, uh, uh you know, duct tape. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Um. 
I mean, hopefully, I mean, the, the, I think it's funny that the, the timing of this report comes out the same day the Arrowhead reimagined uh, the thing comes out as well. I love that that was like timed perfectly. Both things came out the same day. So whatever it was ranking in there, don't worry, guys. We got this reimagined Arrowhead coming coming your way soon. Yeah. Well, I, I will say this, okay, and, and I'll, I'll leave it at that, is I see this right here. I bet there are a lot of ex-chiefs on their voting list that are butthurt that they're out there now. This is small news. It, it could be. Yeah, definitely that. But I, I think players and guys there, it's like, it's, it's, you know, it's anonymous who the guys are, who's voted for this thing. Uh, and, it, and to be honest with you, man, a little bit, it's just a privilege. I mean, you guys, are, man, they're used to it's like some really, really incredible facilities. I'm telling you, state of the art, like, man, we're not like everything, like everything you possibly need. And so, like I said, comparative, if you're looking at SoFi and then you're looking at the Vegas' stadium, man, it's time for a new one. And these guys didn't even sniff the playoffs or the championship, right? So guys have every right, like, man, we don't win the Super Bowls. We need to get new facilities here. And I agree with that. If anything, you don't have to knock down the place. I mean, just 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 be very on top of the the renovation stuff. That's pretty much it. Just be on top of it. Don't 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 let it go too far. Where you're like, oh man, like we're still looking like we're in the the nineties or early two thousands. Let's you know, let's just let's just update it every so often. I mean, hey, especially when we're making these deep playoff runs, we're making a lot of money, especially this team. Um, and I think I saw someone online posted this. Um, apparently, Clark Hunt has a uh, like a three bedroom like like penthouse within the stadium. Some some ridiculous like three bedroom like penthouse within the stadium like for 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 himself and his family which is I mean, if we if you can have a little three bedroom little penthouse in the stadium you can uh, you can update some stuff. <laughs> Look man, hey, it's belongs to them. You know uh, that joker can have whatever he wants to. He can have a landing pad uh, <laughs> right up there by the scoreboard if he needed to. You know for his 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 place. It's his house. Yeah. It's his house. It's his family's house. It's the Chiefs' house. It's the the family, the players, the team. It's their house. But Clark's got to make sure. Um, and I, I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's nice. It's plush. It's you know, it's very comfortable as oh, it I should bet. be. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, man. It, shoot, if you if you have your your house, you got a stadium yourself. You're gonna make sure you're gonna be comfortable, right? Yeah. You're gonna make sure that. So, yeah. I will say that the the, the Arrowhead reimagined the designs they, they came out today. We posted it on our YouTube channel uh, earlier on a, our post, the community board. But like, yeah, I mean, it, it looks pretty sweet. I mean, they have, they're going to have a little mini like football field out there, um, in the in like the tailgate area. Because I mean, I think, and they're also going to make use of once Kaufman goes to Kansas City, uh, into the city. I mean, they're pretty much going to like utilize that space there for more parking, more things to do. So I mean, it's you know, a, and obviously the the, the parking and the, the wood. To, to get in and out of that place is a disaster. So ho- whatever they do, hopefully they, they make that better, the, the, the in and out a- aspect of things. Um, so, yeah, I mean, looks like they're on to bigger and better things uh, as far as uh, the facilities. So they can take yeah. that report and um, whatever. Well, I, I will say this. I, I don't think uh, some of the response to it that they said were like, hey, we didn't have enough time because we were going so deep in the playoffs that we couldn't have done anything with it. I don't accept that. I'm like, hey, man, come on. Y'all could break ground right now on something on plans right and yeah. so yeah i think it's it's important for guys to speak up and say whatever they need to say uh but i know that uh that clark and those guys the hunt family wants to do right by the guys i have no problem with that i i, I know that for a fact they're going to do uh, i see my boy uh malibu stew stew out here talking about 700 level fights at the vet yes sir <laughs> yes, sir 
<laughs> Only there stadium had a real live judge underneath the stadium since all the fights they were having. <laughs> I was, man. Judge and jury at the vet stadium. The jail right there. It was crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. Classic. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so we're going to kind of dive in here. Uh, so um, J.D. kind of made mention in the beginning. There's a lot of stuff to get into. And, yeah, let the games begin as far as the offseason goes. So uh, first thing today, uh, one of the first pieces of news that dropped today from Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, the Chiefs released playoff hero MVS. And in doing so, they saved around 12 million smackaroos for the squad. Uh, obviously, MVS up and down career as far as you know didn't really play up to the potential of his contract uh during the regular season you know came alive last year afc championship game against cincinnati when we were depleted in the receiver room came alive made some spectacular catches came alive in this year's playoffs made some you know great plays for us uh got rid of the whole dropsies thing that he had during the regular season but he came out uh did his thing during this playoffs and good way to go you know planting the flag at uh, the raiders stadium after winning that super bowl but JD, when we think about MVS, obviously we're, we're getting twelve million dollars back, so that's going to go to you know retaining some of the guys we want to keep in the, on the defense, maybe spending splurging on some uh, receivers. But JD, what do you make of this move, which we saw coming? I think most people saw this happening. What do you make of this move? And what uh, looking back on MVS's legacy, what what we remember about MVS's legacy in uh, in Kansas City? Well. Uh... You know, hats off to MBS. Uh, appreciate everything that he's done here with the Chiefs, uh, getting two Super Bowls while coming here, helping with that. Uh, just, you know, being able to uh, give us something, right? A contribution. And without his contribution, we don't win two Super Bowls without it. We just don't. Uh, and, and the thing is, uh, that needs to be commended. It needs to be talked about and spoken on about what he was able to do while he was here with the Chiefs. Now, obviously, uh, the, 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 the conversation goes to with what he was able to do the past two years, does that validate or warrant the type of money that he was making, right? Uh, and I think that you really can't make a case about that being uh, being being the point. I, I don't think, you know, he, he made enough of impact as far as catches and what they were thinking he was going to be able to do, being a number one wide receiver, stretching the defense, uh, probably projected for him to get maybe 60 to 70 balls a year, and he didn't get anywhere close to that. And so when I'm looking at his stats, and you, you look at stats, and now look, I'm, I'm the first one to tell you. I've, I've said this, and I say this with me. Stats don't necessarily tell the whole story, and they don't, okay? You know, I'm not going to cut his legs off from underneath him. Uh, but when you, you bring somebody in, an expectation is for him to catch a lot of balls, and he doesn't, you know, and it performs in that, uh, being the most significant thing that we, we brought him in to do, uh, I think that's what you got to judge him on, right? Now, all the other contributions that he did, he did a tremendous job blocking for guys anytime guys got the football. He did a, he had a, He did a hell of a job, okay? Let me say that one more time. MVS did a hell of a job blocking my guys when they got the ball. He was very selfless like that, where, hey, maybe if I had the ball in my hands, at least I can go out here and do something, block for the guys, maybe get another touchdown. I think he understood that part of it, that role. But I know he wished that he had maybe a bigger role in the offense. At least he wished he probably caught a lot more balls than what he did. 
you know, and, and the thing is, it's going to be the ups and downs. The controversy, I will, at the very beginning of the season, drops, you know, the controversy of well, how he responded to it. Um, but all of that goes into trying to measure what this guy is worth to you as a team. And it's all business in the NFL. Look, this is a performance-based business. It always has been, and it always will be. That is not going to change. And so for the Chiefs, they felt like as far as like the performance he was giving out there on the field just wasn't enough. It wasn't good enough for them to retain him here with the Chiefs. Uh, And and I'm fine with that. I think everybody's seen that. I think he understood that as well, uh, that he might be able to go and and make a a payday somewhere else. Uh, But we're looking for guys to come in and and have a, a, a full production for an entire year. And that belongs to consistency. We're looking for consistency from guys. That's what it is. I mean, when you're talking about wide receivers, catching the football, being consistent while you're doing it, running the right routes, doing the right things, that's what it takes. And I think, uh, you know, maybe the the, the lack of uh, production uh, didn't really warrant keeping him here. So, I mean, I, that, I think that's what's going to come down to as far as, you know, what we want out of a person and it, the, the consistency. And we, we saw a little bit more of that consistency when it came to the end of the season um, in the playoffs specifically. We saw that, but at that $12 million number, and we think that we can either find a guy, a, a bona fide number one, that could be anybody. I don't know if we are going to go get a guy um, or we're going to go through the draft, but like the $12 million, man, it's just a, it's a, it's a, it's a lot of money, especially when we are trying to, I see a G pick in the chat, Chris Jones. I mean, that, that at the end of the day, we're, we're, we're trying to, we're trying to like Rob Peter to pay Paul. Yeah. And this is where it's going to happen. We had to make these decisions. And quite frankly, I don't think it was that hard of a decision. Yeah. What he, his legacy as far as the Super Bowls being on these teams, having pivotal plays in the playoffs and we, and we wouldn't have gotten them without MVS. But at the end of the day, that contract didn't warrant with his statistics didn't warrant what he was getting paid. And I know you say stats will tell the whole story, but at the end of the day, it's a production based business. Twelve million dollars. You you ain't you. I mean, that's you're not you're not doing enough to 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 get that twelve million bucks. And now we're gonna apply that to a Chris Jones type of guy, or and then who else, who else we're gonna get out after that? So, yeah. And and, and look, it, the thing is, you know, this is what happens. It happens in the NFL all the time. You know, when they bring guys in and, and you don't really hit your mark of what they expected you to do, then hey man, it's 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 a business, and they got to they got to send you packets. Sorry, hey, appreciate it. Uh, but, you know, as far as like what we thought you were going to be able to do, you didn't. And, you know, it, it was, a, I think, an, an amicable decision. You know, the Chiefs was, you know, was like, hey, man, we, we appreciate the thing about it. Right. Uh, but you can't take from a small sample size what a guy does, maybe one or two games. And like, hey, man, yeah, that warrants the entire season. Like, that's why we should keep you here. I know. I just, I, I just, I, nobody believes that. Nobody, I don't think anybody believes that. So. Well, because if you think about this, like let's say we won a Super Bowl team, this is this, this is what like I think some people were are pissed off. I was I saw in the comments. I like to look at the threads when you know you know Jeremy Fowler reports MBS is gone. Looking at the comments, oh man, we're breaking up the squad. Can't be doing this bad bad juju, bad mojo. And I'm looking at this. I'm like, okay, let's say we won a Super Bowl team. Let's say we were like a Panthers or you know a team that ended Week 18. Season was over Week 18. MBS is gone as a goner. But yeah, those three yeah those three extra weeks. It's like okay, that doesn't warrant. To bring them back again at that at a twelve million dollar number, but like any other team, the season ends week eighteen. What you gave me during those eighteen weeks, that's what you gave me. That was it, and and those stats don't warrant uh, the money that you're gonna that, that you know the twelve million bucks. But then obviously he stepped up in the playoffs. You know he he made 
You made $12 million type of place in the playoffs, but that doesn't warrant a whole season's uh, check for that. Well, we, we could we could argue on the other side of it. Like, look, we're not breaking up the band. Shoot, having them here made it harder to get to the playoffs to win a Super Bowl, right? Yeah. You could say that. Like, well, shoot, maybe the, the level of difficulty was harder because he was not performing. And then we had to figure it out. So now what it ended up doing is you might have taken a couple of years off of Patrick Mahomes or maybe Travis Kelsey, you know, trying to cover for a guy who might not be producing, right, or wide receiver. So now that puts more pressure on these guys to do more, right? They get paid the big bucks. I get it. But, you know, we're paying you big bucks too. And so if we're sitting up paying you big bucks to do a particular job and you're not getting the job done, hey, man, look, we, we, need, to, we need to find somebody else that's going to make that take that load off these guys and make it easier, right? We're not trying to wear down Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, you know, by saying, hey, let's let's keep trying to drag on with guys that may be holding us back or not doing so well, not performing like they should. Nobody's going to do that. No team's going to do that. And like I said before in, in my tweet, this is not a popularity contest. I like MBS. I think MBS is a cool guy, okay? And I think he's uh, guys like him in the locker room. But it's all about field base. What are you performing? What are you doing? Right. So that's that's the way it works. Now, if your job, like, okay, let's say for me, where I was more, you know, regulated to like block in and all those different things, got a few balls here and there. But that definitely my worth was if you need somebody to block defensive end and linebackers and stuff like that, I was like that extra lineman who could catch footballs, could do all those different things. I had versatility. And so, yeah, I'm looking like, shoot, what am, what am I bringing to the table? And that's like, I think that's what it is. And you got to ask that question. The team is asking you, is he worth the money? You cannot tell me $12 million was worth what he caught. Let me have how many catches. Gosh, really? Uh, 35? 21? Ca- 21? It can't be right. Oh, man. No, you, might, you might be right, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> Dang on. I think he yeah, almost 42. had uh, more cash in the playoffs than he had in the regular season. <laughs> yeah, the forty-two the, the, the year before. Yeah, it just yeah. Twelve. I don't see twelve million dollars, man. I don't even see. I don't, I don't even know if seems half of that. You know, you get a guy, man, to come in. Shoot, you you want him to do at least that for half the money, quarter of it. Twelve million dollars, three million. Shoot, you got to catch twenty some balls. It's good money. I, I will say this. Based on what we saw this year with Harmon, I, I I hope to God this doesn't happen next year where we where we need to make a trade at the deadline to bring in someone to, to give some juice to the receiver room. I hope that doesn't happen next year. But what we saw with the Harmon situation, and we're seeing more with his whole his him talking about, about the Jets. But you can never rule out the fact that we may make a trade during the midseason if he's not if he's you know signs a one year four million dollar deal somewhere. We make a trade midseason and bring MVS back. I mean, you can't rule that out anymore. We saw with the Harmon this past year, so. I mean, yes, we, we we released him, but it doesn't rule out a potential return in the future yeah. if that does happen. Well, yeah, they that that will be uh, later on in the future. If that's yes. what happened. They go, they're going to make sure they get the people that they need. Like we 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 first off, let's make sure that <laughs> we we get everything. How we're going to do it? How we diagram? Put everything up? Okay. Mm-hmm. How we constructing everything? We're going to make sure that happens. How we do it? My boys. Yeah. He was talking. They're down here talking about Mike Evans. We can't. We can't afford Mike Evans. Sorry, Stu. Listen, they keep. They keep saying Mike Evans is coming to the Chiefs. We ain't got no money for Mike Evans. We don't. Mm-hmm. We don't he need wants, Mike Evans right now. He wants money, man. That, that was their whole whole 
during the season with their negotiations. He wants he wants big time money, and, and it's not that they don't want to give him that. They just don't want to give him as much as he wants. And he already has a ring, so there's no he's not gonna take a dive to, to come to, to Kansas City. He's not gonna say, "Oh, I'll, I'll play on a cheap for a year." You already have a ring. You, yeah, at this point, you continue to get money. I mean, that's that's what it is. You already got the ring. Yeah, yeah. Wendy said, "Lord, if I can't get paid like that catching footballs, yeah." A little bit more to it than just that, than just catching footballs. You're putting yourself, uh, life on the line is risk on doing that. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, this is all about, you know, business moves for who we need to sign, right? Chris mm-hmm. Jones, the Jerry's need, all those guys, the priorities. That's what we were talking about. If we have something that $12 million can go to someone else that we can get cheaper, maybe pr- produce a little bit more. Right, you, you want to be able to stretch your dollar. That's what you yeah. want to be able to do. That's just a business decision. Nothing wrong with that. Hey, man, hats off to MBS, man. Seriously, man, I, yeah. I enjoyed every bit that he was out here uh, through it. I'm glad he worked through all the problems that he was going through, and, and and that showed me a lot of character for him through the adversity, just working through it and not giving up. Yeah. So uh, I think that needs to be talked about as well. So I, you know, I, I, I do like that, man. So hats hey, off. Hey, to and good for the organization to, you know, we, everyone saw this coming, right? Every, we all saw this coming and everyone, you know, good for the organization to do this right now. So he can begin the process of looking to find his next team. Right. As opposed to waiting, waiting it out a few weeks, like, you know, to, you know, like it, it was all inevitable. We knew this was going to come, but uh, hats off to the organization for getting it done now. And kind of, re- we're going, it sounds like, it seems that we're going to, to right away to go in a bat to get some of these guys, bring them in. And this MBS thing was, it was a step towards, you know, doing some other things. Um, but before we do get to some of the other things, JD, um, to sticking with the receivers, you got to a conversation on Twitter. Uh, you, you had a question that was asked to you, and um, I want to want to get into that a little bit, uh, just yeah. regarding about uh, receivers. Um, so you got a question online yesterday from our guy Chris Burnett. Um, uh, so he said, "Question for uh, uh, Jason Dunn of Chief Concerns: Is the Chiefs wide receiver room really bad, or can Rice, Tony, and James be enough?" I'm still not against Kadarius Tony. I thought they brought him back way too soon after his offseason surgery and literally with no training camp. KT never got totally in synchronology with the rest of the team in a down year for the offense. Had he not been called for lining offsides against the Bills and the winning TD countered his half dozen mistakes wouldn't have been much easier for many to forgive. You you had a whole thing about that. You responded back to that on, on Twitter yesterday, and a lot of people have been – Kind of chiming in on that thread there. So JD, yeah, walk me through that uh that 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 tweet. So so basically, you got what I did. I had a long response to it, and I was saying that the problem with the wide receiver room is that we didn't really have anybody wide receiver room that put fear in any of the secondaries that we went against. It's did, and so we were expecting MVS, KT, and those guys to be the number one, number two receiver. Okay. That's what we paid them for. That's why we brought KT in. Uh, and these guys have skill, ball skills. We we understand that. Well, they just didn't produce this past year. And, and, and how it goes in the NFL is, this is a what have you done for me lately league too. So it ain't just production league. It's what have you done for me lately. And, look, and teams can move on. Look, the, the NFL has never had a problem getting guys in to play. Never. They can go get wide receivers or or, or tight ends or they, whoever they need to go get. So they don't have to stick with these guys. To them, if 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 a guy's had a history of, of, of injuries and maybe drops and whatnot, guess what? There's hundreds of other guys out here who wants that job. 
who have that passion to get those things right. Now, they might not necessarily have the skill set, but some do. Some do, and some pass them up because you're taking a chance on this guy. So to me, that room has to shake up a little bit. And look, I like KT. I like KT. I like James. I like those guys, right? But we we knew that it was a challenge all year because guys were getting hurt. I was a big uh, supporter of bringing McCole Harmon in. I said, McCole's going to bring come here and get a spark for us guys, right? I said that, Marcus, didn't I? I was oh, yeah. like, look, Mark, hey, look, McCole Harmon is the answer, I thought, to bring a spark to this 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 wide receiver core that was struggling at the time as beyond Rasheed Rice, who was balling out of control, which nobody expected a first-round pick to do, especially when you have experienced guys that's already sitting in the room, like MBS and KT. They've already played the NFL. They know what it's, it's all about. They know what it takes. So a rookie coming in, Rasheed Rice, should be coming filling in as a support role. But he comes in, he blows it out the water. Great for him, right? He gives the validity to that room. Now, if we're sitting over here, we're trying to wait for guys to get better and, 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 and whatnot, then time's ticking. It, it is. Time is ticking. You don't have time to wait. But Cole came in. He ended up getting hurt. Set him back for a few. So all these guys was getting hurt, which isn't their fault. It happens in the NFL. These things do happen. But the Chiefs and themselves like, well, shoot, we got to get somebody who's durable, somebody who's consistent, somebody that we could we could we can definitely uh rely on. Right? We got to have that that confidence that these guys are gonna be able to get these things right. It's the same thing with Justin Ross. Justin Ross was was somebody the Chiefs took a chance on, okay? I hated that he ended up getting into that whole situation last year because as much people don't want to say this, I'm going to say it. That puts a mark upon him. It's a business. And I'm telling you, the NFL don't have, they don't have time to hold guys' hands. The only reason some guys get more opportunities and chances is because they have draft picks, okay? They got money invested into you. If they don't have a whole lot of money invested to you, they don't have to wait. Like I said, there's plenty of guys out here that can play. They can go and go and go get. So sometimes a project and those things that they have to work on, they might not have the, the patience for that. They just might not have it. But I do like KT. My thing is this. I think it's where we have to go. Without a doubt, we need to go get us a wide receiver that is capable, durable, consistent, and is going to catch 70, 80-plus balls a year. This is what I said. We need to get a guy like that. That we know for a fact is going to get that, that many balls a year. Okay. Who's going to put fear in DBs? And I even said this like, when a DB is going into the game, he's going to be looking up at the ceiling, not getting the wink of sleep, knowing he's got to go and get that receiver uh, tomorrow. That's what you need. You need somebody that's going to put fear in guys' hearts in DBs. Keep a defensive coordinator up at night, put pointing him on the board saying, this guy right here is a dog. We need to do everything we need to do to stop him. We cannot let him get going. We have it in Travis Kelsey, but he's a tight end. We're talking about on the outside. It's got to be more than just Travis Kelsey right now. It has to be. Everybody wanted to say Travis Kelsey slowing down and Taylor Swift on it. Well, shoot. If you if you put it on it where nobody's on the outside is getting any type of work like they should be, it is going to be harder on it. Then you do get the double teams, the triple teams on Travis Kelsey like you see. They do beat him up a little bit more, and he starts spilling it. That's not fair to him. So we got to do everything in our power to get a receiver that we know is going to go in and catch 70, 80 balls a year, okay? Still got speed, run great routes. High point to football, can do everything. 
run every route that's on the route tree, okay, and then some, right? And then we got to go to get a guy in the draft. We need to go get a young receiver in the draft to complement Rasheed Rice and that other receiver that we get, okay, the 70, 80 ball uh, guy, okay? And I'm talking about an exciting guy. I'm talking about a no-miss guy. I'm not talking about a project that we think of fourth or fifth round. I'm talking about a guy that you know is going to come in. He's going to give you something right off the bat. It's got to be that, okay? Now, after that happens, after that, the blueprint, hey, where Kadarius Tony fits or James or Watson or uh, uh, Ross or whoever he is, Sky, on, uh, Sky who, yeah. hey, let them get in where they fit in. Now there's competition, okay? If you can beat those guys out, then you deserve to be on the team, okay? Mm-hmm. That's the way it works. But sometimes it's like, hey, man, we just can't keep giving you this grace to say you, you're going to be this guy up here and this. No, you got to earn your spot. That's how it works in the NFL, okay? NFL, like they says, not for long. These things don't happen all the time. Guys don't get the chances like that. That's just the nature of the beast. That's the, that's the nature of the business. That's how these things get down. We just got to understand that, man. So that was that was what I was saying. That's what I was talking about. But I do believe that's the direction we have to go. We have to make it easier on Patrick Mahomes. We have to make it easier on Travis Kelsey. We have to make it easier on the offense. And so what happens is you get guys in here who already know how to play, and they got the production. They got the cachet behind them. They know what it means to be championship winners. So that's what I that's what I think. Yeah, I mean, that's been our kind of our our our, our mantra uh, since probably. Uh, so it's probably the Patriots game when Mahomes was was pissed off after uh, Canarius, you know, tipped the ball up in the air, and he was just, just you could just tell he was kind of maxed out, just being pissed off on, you know, I mean, like, but no, our mantra, the whole thing was we were, we were over, we were going to go into this offseason overcorrecting the wide receiver room. We we're going to do what we did with the the offensive line after the Tampa Bay Super Bowl, and that's what we're going to do. I mean, like you said, we're going to go get a veteran receiver, a guy like a Tyler Lockett if he's uh, if he's cut in Seattle, which they're saying he's going to be cut. Um, so a guy like that, um, and then you also go to the, the draft. It's a very deep receiver draft, so maybe we can a lot of second or third round pick, to, and even maybe a late first to a a, um, a, a receiver. And, and yeah. one thing, one guy I I'm looking at JD. I, we obviously we'll get into our college stuff uh, as we get, get along here. Um, and for those of you who are new to the show, we'll, we get into kind of a, a a mock draft, kind of looking at the guys in the draft um, as we get closer to the draft, but. Brennan Rice is a guy that I, I'm very uh, interested in. Uh, from USC, Jerry Rice's son. Also, it'd be also sweet to have two Rices on the squad too. Uh, but like the fact that Rice, I mean, he, he's a deep ball guy, um, six two. Uh, he's got he's got a good, a good frame. Um, I think he'd be a, a phenomenal guy. And they say they have him right now. Obviously, we'll see what happens in the um, in the draft. Uh, or in the, the combine, but they have him right now as a, as a late second, early third type kind of guy. So that is a second, third round kind of guy. That could be someone that we can may look, maybe look at. There's plenty of guys in this draft, but I would love Brandon Rice on the squad. And you pair him with a, with a veteran guy, like a Tyler Lockett type of guy. I'm not saying him per se, yeah, but yeah. a guy like that, you bring him in and that's a room of, okay, top three round receiver, a veteran guy, Rasheed Rice. And you have guys like Nico Remigio. You got guys like Justin Ross. Sky Moore, Tony, Justin Watson. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty solid room. I mean, you're just adding two guys to that room. And, then, and like you said, you make the rest compete. And I think Remigio, who guy who shined during the preseason last year, got hurt with the, the shoulder injury. Um, but he's a guy that I think said take over the Richie James role, the punt return and the kick return, um, being that, 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 that guy. And 
and he was one of the best punt returners coming into the, coming out of the draft last year uh, based on his yards, uh, average um, yards per return and his punt returns. So that's a guy like I think is cheap. It would cover the the Richard James and not having to retain, uh, bring back another guy, and again cutting costs somewhere, you know, to help out elsewhere. Hey man, you, you get what you pay for sometimes, right? The question is, is he doable enough to make seventeen games? That's a question, right? I mean, he got hurt. I mean, this is it goes into all the decisions. It's true, right? It goes into all the decisions. Hey, man, he looked great in preseason. Sure, bravo. I know tons of guys that look great in 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 preseason. This is what I was talking about. People couldn't really understand, like when I know everybody made a, 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 a all the. Hoopla about Justin Ross catching the football, breadbasket, and whatnot. Damn right, baby. <laughs> yeah, right. Everybody went crazy. Everybody went crazy. And I was like, man, that was a good catch. You know what? When you play in the NFL, okay, and, and like I have over the years, and you talk to guys that's been in the NFL for a number of years, you see guys make catches like that. That's what you're supposed to do. That you you were here with the big dogs now. This is the this is the big boys now. Like, guys catch balls with one hand, right? Somebody said, well, how come nobody showed it in the game? Well, shoot, you don't know what's going on in practice. Shoot, it's probably the guys doing it every day. Guy work on one-hand catches. I can't just take one catch and be like, oh, my gosh, he's got to be the guy. You know what? I can go find hundreds of guys catching like that. I'm telling you. If, look, you don't believe me? You can ask any of my boys that play wide receiver tight ends. You can ask anybody that. DBs will tell you they catch balls like that. One-handed. I'm t- this is the elite of the elite I'm, that people don't understand. I get like, hey, maybe you only see things and maybe they don't do it in games. I get that, right? In games, like, hey, man, you can catch with two hands, secure it. Do it better, right? He went out there, you know, and in, in, you don't have that much pressure in, 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 in practice. You know, you can do the one hand do all those things. Perfect. Travis Kelsey throwing the ball over, you know, catching and throwing, you know, making a creative throw to Kadarius Tony. Mind blowing. That don't, that don't happen. You don't get to do things like that in the game. But mm-hmm. this is elite. This this is how guys, when you start getting to that IQ and doing things, this is how things happen. So, Justin Rowe, excuse me, it's a very talented receiver. He's a very talented receiver. If we retain him and hold on to him, I want him to have a shot. I want him to have a chance. Is he well? Medically, is he fine? That's what they got. They, they're looking and making sure, hey, man, we got to make sure you're going to be okay through the entire season, right? You had the hiccup. We got to make sure you're okay during the entire season. And if they're not, they're going to find other guys. You mean, you mean well as in like, you know, in his head, like, you know, he's like medically in that, in that respect, right? Medically, physically. I'm talking about physically as he well. Like, you know, because he had the whole degenerative disc, like all those different things. Like, well, you still have yeah, to but. Right. But we cleared him, but that also he wasn't getting at that many reps, and that that's where it comes in. Like, are they are right. they? Comfortable? Hey, we cleared him. Other teams may not. Yeah. And so that's the thing about it, right? You could be the big dog eating at Clemson, and guess what? You may be Swiss cheese somewhere else. Hey, man, this is how it works. When you yeah. go to the NFL, I'm talking about this the elite of the elite, and sometimes it's guys that don't get those shots who show you how good they are, right? Yep. When you go to, let's say, uh, like I, I, I'll give you a name that I kept talking about last year that we should have got in the draft, right? Mm-hmm. Dobbs up there at Green Bay. Dobbs played in the bottom, right? Who, who, who's who's going to be watching the bottom play? 
okay? You watch his guy's tape, you can see how good he is. You know what I mean? So he had to go to Clemson. He went to Nevada, but this sucker can still ball. He's balling. So I, I think when you when you go into these these decisions, especially business wise, there's a lot of people that come into that room and got to stand on the table for you, man. I'm telling you, somebody's got to stand on the table for you, mm-hmm. right? Somebody's got to get up there and say, "Hey, look, Justin Ross is the guy that could get it done." Blah blah blah. And everybody's got to listen to that. Everybody's got to feel that. And everybody's got to buy into that, okay? So I know Kadarius Tony, you know, he's he's rug guys the wrong way. And I don't even know, like, this whole deal with what this conversation came out, what he said. I don't know anything about it. I don't know. Nobody knows the truth of that, right? But uh, he's he's tried to deny it and say it's more like, you know, someone took pieces of a conversation. But I think many other people have come out and said that it's it's legitimate. It's a legitimate thing. And, you know, I think Michael Robinson asked him a question about it. He kind of, like, laughed about it at the, at the Super Bowl. So, like, eh. Yeah. And, and a healthy scratch of the Super Bowl, too, man. And that's just, like, the, the whole thing's so murky and, and weird. I mean, obviously, we, we don't know the behind-the-scenes stuff to it. But, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely uncomfortable. Like, we can at least agree on that. It's been an uncomfortable thing. It's been an uncomfortable thing, man. Yeah. So, Brendan Rice. So, I'll ask you, Brendan Rice, is he ready to come play right now? If day one, is he ready to come out there? And run routes and catch football sports day one. Oh yeah, kids are stuck. I've only seen highlights of it, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously, he he's, he come from good stock with his dad. You know, he come <laughs> from a great family. I mean, Jerry's gonna be all over him. So I know he has that pressure. Like, look, I'm gonna do well. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get well. And I, I think he's a good kid. Uh, he'd be great on a on on the team. But we do need to have that guy. I'm telling you, day one coming in, no question. Day one, ready to play. Same thing, the guy we bring in, 780 balls, day one, ready. Okay. And talk about this, because I'm seeing too much from our fan base saying, oh, we don't need to go get a veteran, just going to draft guys. Because I think people forget and lose sight of the veteran presence in the locker room. Now that MBS is gone, with the elder statesman in that room, is Canary's telling the sky more currently? Come on. I mean, like, it's that's ridiculous. Uh, so, like, and obviously, most people who you know understand no ball know that you need a veteran in the room, especially a guy who's going to take the weight off Rasheed Rice, who can maybe help him be more of a professional in the league, and also taking the weight off his shoulders and Kelsey's shoulders, as you mentioned. But talk about the veteran presence of it, because I think people think, oh, we're just going to draft a receiver in the first round, and then maybe draft one in the fourth round. We'll be set at receiver. No, we're not going to be set at receiver. No, we're not. Listen, you had to have somebody who's had experience how to deal with things, deal with adversity who's been on a team before to tell guys how to be professional, how to move around these circles, how to carry yourself on the field and off the field, in the media, somebody who's been there before, a wily vet that you know can come in and help coach these guys up. Because sometimes players can speak other players' languages to help them understand certain things. Like, hey, man, think about it like this, right? Uh, If I'm running this route, Thinking of maybe like a maybe they was in a whole different system. Thinking of this route like this, like that system, what it what it did. Now you can think about it a, a little bit better. And so, uh, having experience, man, you, it's hard to pay for something like that. Yeah, I mean that that's invaluable. It's imperative to have a guy who knows what he's doing to teach these guys to get them right, get them straight. And to be honest with you, I think that was part of the problem last year. Is you had such a young team, okay, or young young group. Uh, and you had a uh, young wide receiver coach coming in who 
Artie knows how to coach him. I mean, his dad, you know, has been coaching, you know, who's trying to get them on the same page about what they need to do. But maybe they didn't want to listen to that early on, right? Maybe they feel like, oh, well, he's a new guy coming in, and the guys wanted to do their thing, okay? This is speculation, all right? I'm just saying. But it seems like when you start hearing guys toward the end of – what, what what week was it, 9 or 10, when Justin Watson saying, hey, we started to come in early? It was, it was after the Packers game, I believe. Yeah, so I'm like, hey, man, a vet? We would have had them coming in early week one. Week two, like, hey, man, we got to get this together. It's on us and nobody else. And everybody's got to understand that. That's what a vet would do. He would make sure guys are doing that. He would hold them accountable. Not saying guys weren't doing it in the room, but it did seem like everything was just kind of, you know, laissez-faire a little bit. You know what I mean? Kind of like a days ago, and it was just when you when you hear guys in the media, maybe how they responded didn't bode well for them, right? It was like, oh man, uh, you understand what what's going on? Like you just can't just hey, I get drops happen, right? And you post move on to the next play. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a sense of response responsibility there, right? That you should have an accountability that you put it on yourself. Like we we gonna get this done, putting more work and effort into it. That's what people wanted to hear. They wanted to hear what guys were doing to get better. Not just say, we're going to work on things in practice. Well, what do you mean work on things in practice? What does that entail? What does that mean when I'm sitting there telling them? A veteran will let you know exactly what that is, okay? He will tell you how many reps he needs to take. You know, what 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 uh, what, what little, uh, uh, oh, shoot. Uh, I can't even think of it now. Intricacies? Field groups or or whatever things you're doing, you know, to get better. Yeah. That's what a bet is going to do. And he knows how to handle the media because he's been there before. Hey, you know, he could come in. He can deflect a little bit, right? But he knows how to handle himself and how to talk to reporters. All of that is important, man. All is that important to having a bet, man. Seriously, you got to have a guy like that. Yeah. So when uh, Seattle, if Seattle parts ways with Tyler Lockett, Tyler Lockett, come home, baby. Come home. <laughs> and Tyler's a good man. He's, he's a good man of character. He teach those young guys a whole, whole lot. For sure. A whole lot. And yeah. get him a and get him a ring too. Yeah. Great family. You know. So um our other big news. So obviously MVS sort of the day, and then shortly after the MVS release, uh Chiefs informed Jerry Sneed that they are prepared to use the franchise tag and are open to consummating a trade if no long-term deal is reached. Uh, Snead is uh, agreeable to the scenario, which gives him a chance to talk with other teams while the Chiefs remain in play for his services for the 2024 season. Pending league approval, a new contract for Snead, a free agent could be worked out as part of a trade to kick in at the start of the new league year. Uh, the source uh, to Jeremy Fowler uh, stressed that a, a, a trade is very much on the table. Uh, the Chiefs are expected to use the non-exclusive franchise tag, which could cost about $19 million for the 2024 season. J.D., what do you think of this move and the potential of uh, a tag and trade situation? It's business. I, I think that this is, is something that they're doing their due diligence that they have to do. Uh, you know, like you said, if, if these guys can't come to an agreement, they're like, look, when free agency opens up, you can go in, and check and, and, and see what guys are getting for you and what you're looking at. And you can entertain those things. You really can. We still have the ability to, to to tag you at this moment. And so if they talking about tagging and trading and whatnot, 
what can they get for a luxurious need? Right? If you're sitting there and you're saying this, there's a, there's a lot of possibility, a lot of options here. Uh, and the reason they have that, that ability, uh, they have that wiggle, is because of the, the, the play from Jalen Watson last year, right? And, and, and when you have backups who can do maybe not as much as Snead, okay, because Snead's versatility is what makes him incredibly valuable, yep. right? Uh, but almost almost what he can do, right? Long, lanky corner, okay? Long arms, did a great job filling in role. His reserve role, man, he did a good job. So you got, yeah, Jalen Watson could come in and they like, look, we could play with this with Snead, right? But we know he's going to be sought after. That's the thing about it. Snead is going to be probably the one of the top free agency. When it hits, he's going to be, team's going to be wanting him. There's tons of teams that need DBs right now. Secondary sucks in the NFL. You can tell who's getting burnt everywhere. You could go from team to team who was, you know, who was getting done, done in. <laughs> Billy needs somebody, you know. Billy definitely needs corners. So, I mean, I can shoot. I can go, shoot. Tons of teams that need corners right now. So he's going to be the most coveted guy, you know, as far as the secondary-wise uh, this offseason. And rightfully so. But I think the Chiefs in themselves saying, hey, look, if we're trying to sign Chris Jones and we're trying to work these things out, right? These are the two priorities for us to get done. Chris Jones or Jerry Sneed, how can we make this thing work? How can What can we do to try to keep both of them? And if we lose one, who is the guy that we can lose, right? And try to get something for. And that guy will be LeJarrius Sneed, okay? Just that's, that's reality. But Snead, man, is, I mean, shoot, he's pivotal in the things that we do. He's pivotal in the things we do. Chris Jones is more dangerous, is more of a value to us because we don't have anybody on the team that can do anything he can do. <laughs> no. We don't. No. There's not too many guys in the NFL can do what Chris Jones can do. No. We can just be, let's just be honest here. And so, the Jerry Snead, He's able to do what he's able to do because of Chris Jones, okay, in the pass rush and, and whatnot and so forth, right? Not taking away from any of his skill. Don't, don't, look, don't get me wrong with me saying that. It doesn't take away from his skill because LeJarrius Sneed can cover dudes all over the field and do it well. He's gotten significantly better from where he started to where he is now yeah. as the most coveted DB out there right now to be in free agency. But Chris Jones is a guy. That it's hard to replace. It's hard to replace. You're not gonna find too many guys out there like Chris Jones. I'm saying it again. Chris Jones is one of those rare talents. You're just not gonna find everywhere. Yeah. Is it? So, and I think I think with with Jerry Sneed, and you kind of touched on it, but the fact that Veach has done, and, and I see G Pick has kind of commented on that we draft solid DBs year in and year out. We've hit on a lot of these late round DBs and obviously McDuffie is his own. I mean, you didn't even mention McDuffie, but McDuffie first round pick. I mean, he's phenomenal. Uh, he stepped up in the Super Bowl too all year long. He did, but you got McDuffie, you got Watson, you got Josh Williams, you got Shamari Connor who looked fantastic last year. 
Um, and also, I remember after we drafted him last year, if you looked at his measurables, like his body, his height, his weight, his length, his reach, uh, his wingspan, it was identical to Legere Sneed. I'm not, I'm not saying he's Legere Sneed, but we obviously, when we were looking at him, he was a prototype. It was like, oh, okay, he's got a very, he's got a lot of Sneed in him. Um, and this year we saw, I mean, he's a, he's awesome. Open field tackler. He was laying the wood, especially down the stretch too. Uh, and then you also have guys like Nazi Johnson, Nazi Johnson, who got hurt towards uh, ACL during training camp last year. But when he got hurt, he was running with the ones on defense. And he, he was he was playing a little bit of nickel, playing a little slot corner. He was playing a little bit of everything. And that's a guy we'll be getting back this year. And you talk about just the, our ability to draft these DBs late in, these, in the draft. It, it, it makes Sneed kind of more of a luxury to have, not so much a necessity at that point, having, having hit on all these other DBs. And we talk about DT. I mean, yeah, you, you can't find. There's not many D linemen like Chris Jones, and we and you and I have talked about this for years. We've never been able to find a guy to even play. Not to re- forget about replacing him. We can't even find a guy to play next to him. So yeah. what? And also, we're in one offseason. We're going to get rid of him. Then we're going to have to find two DTs, and we couldn't even yeah. find another guy to, to, to pair with him. So yeah, I, I think um, I think yes, it's gonna it's gonna suck to not have Snead, but you, nineteen million dollars. So we, if we tag and trade him, we're gonna get the nineteen million dollars back. And we're talking 19 million of the, of the tag action, and we're talking about 12 million from the MVS. That right there is 31 million dollars that we can have to pay Chris Jones, and then continue to find other spots on the team at that point. So yeah, I think it's a, I think it's smart business uh, if we are going to get some draft picks out of it, and also maybe get another DB. Why not? So so I said, look, Trent McDuffie's he's got that lockdown over there. We don't have to worry about that side over there at all. Done with. Joshua Williams, Jalen Watson, we know can come in and 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 reserve whatever. They can be starting corners in the NFL. They have an ability. We understand that. I just like you said, we we there's nobody that we have to play right, right beside Chris Jones. We've been trying to find that guy to play right beside Chris Jones to compliment him. Really, Blackback City said we ain't paying anyone. We draft by Chris Jones by Steve. We ain't drafted somebody to play like Chris Jones. Sorry, Flapjack. Disagree with you. Just we 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 not. They can move on from Chris Jones. I'm not saying it's not impossible, right? You know, because somebody's like, oh, we moved on from uh, uh, Tyreek Hill. Yeah, but uh, Chris Jones is the epitome of like what Patrick Mahomes is on defense. That's what we could move on from from Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. We might be able to do it without one. So. I think Tyreek Hill and Jerry Snee might be more like, you know, comparable to each other as Very opposed similar. to that. Very Chris, Chris Jones, hey man, we, we, you could try to go find him. In, uh, you could try to go find him. Okay. And you're going to be looking to high heaven everywhere, under rocks, round tree, everywhere to find a guy like what Chris Jones can do. Let's not forget. Uh, I know it's taken us back a year, but go back to the AFC Championship game last year against the Bengals. Snee got hurt in the first drive of that game. We won that game with the play of Jalen Watson, with the play of Josh Williams, with the play of Brian Cook. With with a lot, and those guys are rookies back then. It's a year under their belt. They look even better th- this year. And then, yeah, they're gonna have to play even more of a pivotal role with, without Lejerry Snee if we do end up trading him. But like, I mean, we we've we've shown that we can do well with the, the young guys we have at DBs and, and paying very little to those guys too. So, I mean, it's a formula yeah. they've found. Yeah. I mean, look, it, it, you know, you, you get a skilled guy who could run, who could cover those things like that is, is 
I mean, that's that's what you want to be able to do. Beach has had a very good uh, outcome with that, right? He has very good luck finding those guys. We'll find somebody else too. We'll find maybe somewhere a third or fourth, fifth round pick to get a guy in here. We could probably do that, right? Yeah. He's hungry. A lot of it goes into the coaching and, and, and whatnot. Now, I heard that, man, uh, DB coach, Merrick might be going somewhere. That's really, I think I see that. Man, I don't know. Somebody, man, Merritt, I think, yeah, I don't know. Oh, I think I see, interesting. They ran yeah. across ticket if somebody said that. Uh, that, huh. that, that, that would wow, yeah. That's uh, as of five hours ago. Apparently, he's emerging as uh, one of the top candidates to be the new DC in San Francisco. That's a that's a pretty big step up from DB coach to uh, DC. It's a big step up. It's going to be hard to pass something like that up, man. And based on this conversation we're having right now, based on this conversation alone, that is worthy of potentially being a defensive coordinator. I mean, this guy took late round picks of DBs and made these guys top, top in the league as far as uh, the secondary. I mean, like, yeah, we didn't take a lot, we didn't get a lot of ter- takeaways, but these guys mm-hmm. shut down the best of the best. We talked about it all year long as a reason why we were a top team in the league. So, yeah, well, don't don't you know don't go out there saying Fran and, and and lose a lead or something. You get fired. Can <laughs> I, I know? Yeah, he's the fourth known candidate interviewing for the 49ers DC job. So obviously, I wish him the best because uh, you know me. That's a, that's a that's a that's a life changing move to go from a DB coach to a defensive coordinator for one of the best teams in the league. Uh, but selfishly. I hope, you know, I, I'd love for him to stay in Kansas City, but obviously if he gets a D.C. job, I'll t- take that and run with it. So, um, yeah. So, J- so J.D., uh, so obviously we're going to take this conversation from um, LeJarrius Sneed. We, we are, we're already talking about Chris Jones anyways, but I wanted to get your thoughts on um, what Brett Veach said yesterday at the Combine in regards to Chris Jones, because it sounds like he is number one priority right now. Uh, for okay. our squad, so uh, let's hear what Brett Beach has to say on it. We're gonna just like last year, um, with Chris and with LJ, with a lot of our players, we get a chance to meet the agents this week, and um, he's at the top of the list. You know, love Chris and tried really hard to get something done, and we didn't. Um, but when we got together right after that Detroit game, we had a great talk, and um, you know both parties i think want to be here so we'll get to work and you know that's certainly a guy we want back and love and want to see him finishing in his career here in kansas city so jd what do you what do you make of uh what brett beach has to say are you uh you feel like opt- based on the legere sneed stuff that we just talked about and based on what his comments right there is this promising and do you feel optimistic about uh the two sides coming to an agreement here and chris jones staying in kansas city hey man those are words Right now, I mean, I, I think they want to get something done, but it's got to work for both both parties. I think it's still still at where it was last year. Now they might bump it up from where it was, obviously because the money's going up. Chris has earned that that point. Uh, I think he he he's warranted that type of money. The production shows that. Uh, you just imagine if you got some help, some guys. Come on, man, it'll it, tear guys apart. The versatility from work from deep. Defensive tackle to defensive end. So versatile. Things he can do. Uh, he, he's he's a menace. He's, man, he's, he's, he's power on to himself. So I think Beach and them have to get something like this done. Now, where they will be with this, that's where it becomes behind closed doors. That's the talk. 
I think they'll try to – Chris is going to try to get to 30. He's going to like, look, man, I did a team-friendly deal. I got all my incentives like I could last year, okay? Y'all strung me along. We're not trying to do this thing. We're not trying to let this thing drop, you know, draw out. I think Chris is going to put the, the pressure on him like, look, man, free agency, if we're not going to do it, let's just let's just go from it, okay? We had enough time to get this thing done. It didn't happen. So I think that's where they're going to be, man. I think uh, they're, they're both serious about getting it done, man. It's just get to the point where you need it right there. Get there. Both of y'all get there. Shoot, we want Chris to be here. We want him to retire as a chief. We do. I know Britton Beach didn't want that too. Chris Jones make everybody on defense's job easier. Chris Jones makes everybody's job on defense easier. Defensive ends, linebackers, corners, safeties, spags. He makes everybody's job easier. Chris Jones, 95. Okay. That's what he does. So I had to speak into the microphone. I hope that went too loud. And that, that's a good point as far as like, let's say if they are going, and what it sounds like, they are going the route to choosing Chris Jones over Legereus Sneed. Their thought process is if we have a guy like Chris Jones, it's going to make whoever's in our back end that much look that much better. Not to say that Legereus Sneed's or, or, or Charveris Ward weren't good, but it makes guys who maybe meh, that much better with having a Chris Jones back there. And I'm saying Legere Steen and Ward are already good guys, great yeah. at, at what they do. But I'm saying it makes the guys who maybe, you know, middle of the road kind of DB, but you have Chris Jones in there, it makes them that much better. And so that's what I'm saying. Hey, we can we can pay the guys in the back end, you know, rookie type deals. And if as long as we have Chris Jones, it's gonna make anyone look that much better. So I think that's what it, that's, that's what it sounds like, right? Right. That's that's exactly what I'm saying. So Stewart says, good question. You put Chris Jones up there with the likes of Reggie White. Chris Jones is a Hall of Fame defensive tackle. He is in the conversation as being one of the best defensive tackles, I think, uh, of all time. He's in that conversation. He's in that echelon, a Hall of Famers. Reggie White was a guy upon himself. Chris Jones is playing at that level how Reggie White was playing in his heyday. Okay, Let, let's let's get that let's get that situated, Stu, my brother. Love you. You know, hey, yes, but we know Reggie White is head and shoulders above everybody else. Chris Jones is right there, running up on Reggie White's on his toes. Okay, that's our nostalgia, right? I, I know that. Uh, Reggie, look, Reggie White invoked fear in guys' hearts. I know Chris Jones is doing the same thing to these guys out there. They look. I cannot get beat by him right now. And he embarrasses guys because he just makes it look too easy. It's, it's yeah. too easy. So, yeah. What do um, y'all think? Well, hold on. Let me ask the chat out here. Okay. Chat, do y'all put CJ up there with the likes of Reggie White? And I said he's right with right there in the conversation. Is he with him? What do y'all think? Okay. Well, Steve, our chatty was even uh, around during the Reggie White days. I, 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 I barely remember Reggie White, J.D. That was... Oh, man. Okay, I mean, well, yeah, I get it. As far as, like, watching, like, old highlights and stuff, yes, I, I and I older brother, so I know Reggie White is because of that. But as far as, yeah, like, watching yeah. him every Sunday, that wasn't... No, nah, I mean, uh, CJ up there with Reggie White, Bruce Smith, etc. Ooh. CJ up there with White, Bruce Smith. Yeah, right there. What's up, Cal? Henny? Cal, my brother, what's going on, man? So when it, White was a beast, no doubt a beast. 
If you go back and you watch the film, I mean, I just see how you used to just do tackles, man. You just you playing with him. He was a man amongst uh, boys out there. Reggie was a monster. I hey no, I hear you, Omar. Reggie was a monster. It's hard, man. That that's when you start talking to Reggie White, man. Reggie, there's certain guys that have their own uh, stratosphere, right? Yeah. Uh, Reggie White. Uh, uh, you had to say also too. Uh, Lawrence Taylor. These guys set the bar for these positions. Mm-hmm. Okay. They have some similar tendencies for sure. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Look, I played against Reggie White, and I caught him toward the tail end. And I know all week I was like, oh, my gosh, I got this dude. My rookie year had Reggie. Yes, Reggie, John Randall, Aaron Donald, guys that could disrupt the game on the inside outside, without a doubt. Yes, Didn't, didn't, didn't you have a funny story with John Randall? Didn't you and him have a funny, like, thing? Oh, didn't yeah. Tell me some story Randall. about that. <laughs> sure did. So, so real quick. So we're playing Minnesota Vikings right there, you know, and John Randall's got the whole, you know, face paint on and whatnot. So I don't know who it was. Maybe Chris Dolman is the, who I was blocking at the time. And, you know, we get into a big pileup. Well, somebody's over the pile and I just come and I, yeah, I clean the dude, bend him over the pile, you know, just, yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, bam, from out nowhere. Somebody hits me in my back. Oh, and I turn around. It's John Randall. Yeah, I seen you done. I seen you like I didn't see you, did you? I seen you done. You ain't gonna get away with that. I'm like, okay, all right. Well, John Randall was crazy. Great guy, but when you talk, when you see him talking, it was always like that on the field, constantly smack talking all the time. Yeah, I seen you done. You thought you won't get away with it. I seen you. I seen you. <laughs> Man, look, I got great stories, man. There's all these guys. Reggie White would have to tell him a whole different time, man. Dude, yo, Reggie White and Jerome Brown want to stop him. Man, my dude, right there. Mm-hmm. If people don't remember Jerome Brown, brother, that's another name. People don't remember that name, you know? Who, who's Jerome Brown? Give me, give me, uh, give me a quick Brown, history lesson. The Philadelphia Eagles. And him and Reggie White was a tandem. Like, when mm-hmm. you have two guys like that, destroying everything. Beast. And... I think it's when uh, what's his name was where was there? Buddy Ryan was a D coordinator, monster. But uh, Jerome Brown man passed away. Ah, uh, yeah, I think man was a car wreck. This, but this is before I got to Philly. Mm. But I remember Jerome Brown man. You talk about a tandem. That was something else. Something else. Reggie plays 15 years, had 198 sacks. Jones only has 78 in his career right now. But Jones played a defensive tackle. Reggie was more of a defensive end. Yeah. But but no, without a doubt, Joe, look, hey, Reggie, I got you, Flat Jack. City, I'm with you. Look, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. So I'm right there. You say motorcycle wreck. That's it. Yep. Mm. That's what it was. Man. Yeah. Reggie Bro. was, man, Flat Jack City, no doubt. Reggie, man, like I said, Joker's got his own stratosphere. He's his own planet. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. In my opinion, was the most impactful linebacker I've ever seen play. Without a doubt. If I talk about LT, when you change the game, LT changed the game. The blocking scheme. That I don't think people realize that. Like how good Lawrence Taylor was. 
and they had to change the blocking scheme up for him. You had to compare Jones' numbers to Sapp. Man, now nah, come on. Jones is better than Sapp. Okay. Oh. I, I, I like Sapp, but Jones is better than Sapp. And, I, and the numbers, yes, yes. I'm a DeBrant. De I agree. Numbers. I I just think Chris is Chris is a little bit more agile. He's more versatile than Sapp was. What Sapp had, man, he had a couple of dudes with him. He had a uh, Simeon Rice and all that. That's true. Yeah. Yes, around it. You know what yeah. I mean? It ain't like you know he was the only one out there. Mm-hmm. You know we got we got some guys. The guys are picking they they gave up too. Ready yeah. right through Chris Carter, ten yards into quarterback for us. <laughs> <laughs> man, you can tell stories about Reggie White all day, man. People need to bring up them on Reggie White. No, not saying who's better, but the, when the guy said Reggie White's number seven, Jones or tackle. Yeah, 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 right. There you go. Right, you right. Yeah. My bad, brother. Derek Brooks. Yeah, I mean that, that defense man was powerful. John John Lynch was in that defense too. Head Hunter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shoot, yeah. Him, Reggie, and Clyde Simmons. Clyde Simmons, right from Philly. You know, Stewart, man. The Eagle brother right there. Those are, those are his boys right there. Malibu <laughs> Stu. Yes, sir. <laughs> Let me tell you about the Eagles. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, yeah. J.D., we're talking about this D-line stuff. Um, We talked about it a little bit earlier about Charles Amenahu, and I kind of mentioned on Monday a little bit about Amenahu. Um, and this is kind of a thing that a lot, it kind of shocked a lot of Chief fans because uh, he appeared on Good Morning Football. Um, and he was talking about getting paid. And obviously this whole offseason we're talking about Lazarus Snead, Chris Jones, but he made a weird comment about how he deserves a new contract. Um, this is interesting from a guy who missed six games through suspension um, and then gets hurt, tears his uh, ACL at the end of the season. So it's like we're talking about a new contract for that. I mean, we only played in a, f- a few games, and he's probably going to miss half the season next year. Uh, but his quote was um, – I think I did, to be honest. The question was about getting a new contract. He said, I think I did enough to uh, to be honest. Like you said, 11, seven sacks and 11 games in the sack in the championship game to kind of spark off the wave of defensive plays. Finished second on the team in sacks and didn't have the first six games to catch up with George and Chris. I think I did. I think the tape speaks for itself. I think I showed dominant run play and then with the pass rush inside and outside and just winning one-on-ones, creating turnovers, being the spark, and like the energy plays they wanted me to be when I got there. Uh, so obviously, a man who signed through 2024 with a base salary of 6.74 million and a cap number of 10.97 million, an extension would likely bring that cap hit down. JD, what are your thoughts on on this? An off season where we're talking about keeping Chris Jones, potentially keeping Lejarius Sneed. To set for a guy who's probably going to miss like half a season next year, this guy's saying he wants a new contract. What, what do you what do you think about that? Uh, I like Charles Menahu. He brought a lot to to our defense this past year. And it was sad to see him get hurt uh, before the Super Bowl, man. I wish he had played. And I know he, he wanted to play. Uh, this contract that he signed, I know it was like one of those things that pay out, come out here and perform, and I do. And his numbers show that he was, he was you know, he was propelling to be the top defensive end. I think his numbers probably would have definitely got it if he had played all the games, if he won the suspension, and if he didn't get hurt. Um, so I, I think that he has a case for possibly getting a new contract. Chiefs don't have to give it to him. It's a business. And because of the injury, 
that's the bad part about it. Uh, they can argue the point like, hey, we don't know how you're going to respond with this ACL tear, right? And it's so, man, it's, it's so unfortunate that it happened because if he had remained healthy, then he has an easier case, right, to make to sign a longer-term deal or to get a bigger contract. Uh, but, you know, the business part of it, you know, they're, the, the people for the Chiefs, you know, are going to use, hey, you got hurt. Uh, you know, how? what does this mean? Uh, we're going to miss you all next year. Uh, can we sign you a long-term deal? We ain't even going to be available on the field to come play. We don't even know what, what you know, what game we're going to come back to play. So that it's, you know, it's unfortunate, but things are where they are right now because he still had to be like, Hey man, you gotta, you gotta bring it. We gotta, we gotta still, still perform, right? We got you under contract. You gotta still perform. And so it's up to him if he feels like, he, and like I said, his numbers want that. Sure, he was doing a good job for us last year. And look, he sees the big contracts these guys getting paid, right? He sees the Bosa's and, you know, everybody else. Crosby, he sees guys getting paid money. Hendricks, he sees these guys getting this money. And so to him, he wants a piece of that. He wants a piece of the pie. I'm not mad at him trying to get it. I'm not mad, I'm not mad at him trying to politic to get the money, to get the contract and come to the people like, yo, man, what do y'all think? Hey, Charles, Menahu, you did a hell of a job, buddy. You did a hell of a job. Thank you for everything you brought here. A hell of a job. Now, when you go to that table, this was going to happen. They're going to use your injury against you. They're going to use you uh, uh, being suspended against you. They're going to use you coming back next year against you. So that's what you're looking at. But if you can make that case and you can make it uh, convincingly, then you get a new contract, okay? But he's, he, he's, you're playing big boy ball now. And, you know, the Chiefs, ain't, they ain't going to sign it because they like you, okay? They love you. But, you know, this is this is business. Then they, you know, they, you, you perform again like this, you got every position to say, I deserve a new contract, without a doubt. The injury derailed you for what you wanted to do. That's the problem. That's the problem. And I know you know that. So that's the battle you had to fight. Uh, I wish you well, man. I hope you get everything you're looking for. I do. Uh, so, you know, we'll see what the Chiefs are going to do with it. But are you shocked? I mean, it's just a year after signing a two-year deal. I mean, I, I feel like that's – you sign a two-year deal, you know you kind of, where you're kind of getting yourself into, right? I mean, you do, but, I mean, the thing is, if you play well, then you like, that's no one void, right? Shoot. I mean, it's like, hey, man, I, I need to get paid more money than what I'm getting. The six or seven, however much he's getting, I need to get paid more, right? Especially if my numbers show that. But we're thinking your numbers need to be somewhere. I don't know what he's asking. And we, I, has he said how much he wants? He hasn't said no. it. No, just a new so deal. He said he wants a contract, right? Mm -hmm. 
So I'll, I'll tell you what, give, get, extend them, uh, bring that cap uh, hit a little bit lower, but like give them a three three something year deal. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it, t- we'll have to see what happens with that. But like, I shoot, I'd love to have him for a long term. It, it's just it's just the fact that he had the suspension that's going to go against him as well. The personal conduct stuff they're going to use that against him. So we 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 missed the, the first six games uh, of you last year because of that. Then you get hurt. We don't know when you're going to come back next year. So it's like it's it's it's, it's just, for me. It seems like it's a weird time to be asking for a new contract when you you I mean these two things have happened. You know, so yeah. Well, you know they had you know T.J. Watt. You know he's another one that they got hurt, right? Well, look at him. He's getting paid. Well, shoot. Oh, they ain't shoot. They might have to take a little money from T.J. Watt. Mm. I, I, look. Yeah. He, he, you always going to compare yourself to other guys out here, right? And these guys yeah. get paid. That's, that's how it works. And so mm-hmm. his numbers, his numbers are going to look at like, look, man, look at my numbers compared to everybody else. And so, if the Chiefs feel like that, he's got a valid case. Okay, they will entertain that thought. Um, so, heck, I always thought I need to get paid more money than what I did. <laughs> hey, it's a pro- it's a problem when you don't think you're worth the money, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Stop looking at it and try to look at your wallet like hey, yeah, you know, maybe <laughs> maybe it's for you and okay. You gotta play the game, it's how it works, man. Negotiation comes into it. Mm-hmm. Uh but Charles, he, he he has a case, man. I mean, he, he did well for us last year. Uh, yeah. And plus and plus two, when you are playing on a two-year deal and you do tear your ACL, that like to yourself, you're like, man, like I don't know how much longer I have in the league, man. I need to capitalize when I can capitalize. So, like, yeah, man, I, I get it 100%. I'm not knocking him for it. I just think it's, you know, it's interesting when a year we're only talking about Snead and Jones and all of a sudden you hear this rumbling from a guy who's, you know, you just started with the squad. He's got, he's hurt. He's going to miss half the season next year or what, what how long he's going to miss. But, you know, just I thought it was interesting that he's, he's already asking for a new contract or he thinks he's done enough to earn a new contract. Um, well, we, I look at a guy tied for 17th, right? Is our own Chris Jones, 10 and a half sacks. Uh, and right below him, tied another 17th, is George Kalafis, a 10 and, 10 and a half sacks. So he could have, he could have easily been up there. Um, and so when he, when, when you're talking about that, you got to talk about the money, his yep. money. Um, equal to my production and so this is just negotiations man it's negotiations so and and maybe they'll tackle that maybe they'll address that once they get the uh the top two guys figured out then we'll uh don't play ball maybe give them a give them extension yeah 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 for sure for sure um all right, well, JD, it's starting to storm here, and I, I, I don't want, I don't want to lose power during this. It's starting to storm here badly. I hear the wind out of here howling. <laughs> I got you, man. Kalakis is a beast. We haven't even mentioned him yet. George, get his time. He is a beast, without a doubt. We're talking contract negotiations, stuff like that. George, hey man, we, we, we absolutely uh, respect and love George. Okay? And we get five year, and we get the five year bonus with him being a first round pick. So. We're enjoy good. that. Yeah. There's a lot of guys we didn't mention on defense with dogs out there. We we understand that. We just talk about the guys that, you know, right down, uh, you know, contract worthy. We're talking about it. Mm-hmm. So, Stu, what's this? Hopefully the Chiefs don't make the same mistake with Chris Jones like the Eagles did with Reggie White to let him go to the Packers. No less was, was insane. Yeah. Hopefully not. Yeah. <laughs> 
everybody. Love everybody coming on tonight. Seriously, having a conversation is a wonderful conversation. Talk to you, you all. Seriously. It was nice. Yeah, it was yeah. nice. Yeah. It was a nice, uh, nice little change. I'm doing a 9 p.m. Uh, live stream instead of the usual 7 o'clock. Got, got, got a little bit of a, more of a night crowd tonight. <laughs> I like that, man. I, but, you know, I think, you know what, I, and, and, and I, I know people are getting off work in Kansas City. You know, we do it, you know, Eastern Standard Time. And people are kind of getting in, settled down, and we're kind of on. I see people coming on a little bit. I like the nighttime. I appreciate like you, Omni Brown. Appreciate you, brother. My signing bonus kicks in tomorrow. Here's a few thousand pennies for the great combo. <laughs> appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Definitely. Yeah. But all right, guys. Hey, Marcus, hey. man, be safe, man. I know, man. Stay safe out there, brother. Stay safe. Okay. Crazy, man. The, wind, the wind's been howling for the last like 15 minutes. I don't know. I hope the power doesn't cut out during, during this. <laughs> right. so, Wendy, right. thank you, sweetie. Appreciate you very much. All the other TGL, 10, Brent, Casey Chasen. Thanks, my brother. Appreciate you. Malibu too, my brother. I'm the Brown. Duncan Idaho, all you guys. All y'all who's sitting over in the chat. Appreciate everyone. A lot of pyramid. Flatjack City, you too, man. You came in. G-Pick, my guy. Appreciate it. Omar coming in with a little bit. So thank everybody tonight, man. Seriously. All right. Yeah, we'll be back. We'll be back Monday for our uh, our next position group that we're going to discuss and talk about. Um, so far, pretty good, JD. We did we did a lot two months ago. We did receivers. So we've already done moves with that, which we talked about. And then we did O line this past Monday. And then what happened the next day? Reed talks about Wanya being possibly being the left tackle of the future, and Donovan Smith being a good leader for him. So we were hey, we're Dunstradamus has uh, come come to town early this offseason, people. <laughs> But all right, everybody. Oh, yeah. Well, we hope everyone enjoyed the show. We'll see you guys on Monday. Love you, everybody. Mark Moore, 411 Word Class of 90. No doubt. No doubt. All right, y'all. Y'all be good. Peace out. All right. See you, everybody. See y'all later. Love you guys. Love you. Hi, everybody. Thanks for watching. Subscribe here to get the latest from the show. Also, be sure to check out the best clips from Chief Concerns. And if you prefer to listen to the show, subscribe and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.